we're going. Hello, Vineyard. Hello, Vineyard. Welcome 2. to 2.0. Season 2, Episode 4. <laughs> so glad you've joined us today. If you're new to the show, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll give you a quick insight on how we do our weekly podcast. Uh, we used to have, about a month ago, two different podcasts. We had the old-style Hello Vineyard, which was just sort of the behind-the-scenes of church uh, podcast. And then there was also the Tuesday afternoon Vine Press podcast, where you could actually submit questions to Pastor Steve, my dad, and get them answered during that Tuesday podcast. And we decided that two podcasts was going to be better as one big podcast. Yeah. So now we have one big podcast that encompasses both of those yeah. shows. And it's not too big, so don't, you know, we yeah, wanted yeah. to keep it I mean, under, it's, you know. It's, it's like 30, 45 minutes yeah, yeah, tops. Yeah. We really, you know, yeah, yeah we're, we uh, want you to stay engaged. I, I have the button to end the stream. I promise I'll hit that if it goes too long. There you okay. go. So right. uh, anyway, we'll just uh, we'll jump right in with our questions. And again, if you watch the weekend services and you're listening to the sermon and you have a question for Pastor Steve, you can log on to keysvineyard.com, hit the Vine Press link there and submit your questions and we'll answer them on the show. And I did fix up last week. If you go to hellovineyard.com, it will take you to that page uh, where you can see the previous shows and right at the top, it'll say, hey, if you got a question, boom, click the button. There goes your question. Super easy. Yes, we're trying to make it as simple as we can. All right, so you ready for this? Yes. You know, usually I have a pen, and I don't, so I'm just going to have to use my imagination. Because, like, I like to check things off. That makes me feel legit. Well, I, could, I could, you know, keep talking to everybody if you get a pen if like, you want. Do you have a pen here? No, I have just my well, see, I don't. Want, I don't really want to go off the camera, but I think I will. So I'm going to ask a question, then I'm going to go find a pen, okay. which I think It'll is in fine. my bag. People won't miss you that bad yeah. through well, one question. Oh, you know, it's my face that I, makes yeah, I know. this. Just go. Remember your mic's on when you leave. <laughs> I'm just going right over there. (laughs) See, now I don't even want to ask him the question. All right. Here we go. How do we know we are hearing what God wants us to hear and not what we think he wants us to hear? Yeah, that's a a great question. And uh, because we're talking about really, you know, listening for God. We're talking about uh, in this series, I've been talking about yielding to the Holy Spirit and listening for him. And how do we know? So uh, it's it's just sort of comes over time. and even then, you've got to be careful. So you always want to check everything that you think you're hearing against Scripture. Uh, if it doesn't line up with the Word, then it's the, with the Word of God, then it's not God. Um, it, you know, there, there are some sort of little tests you can put on it. Um, oftentimes, when I feel like the Lord is trying to speak to me about something, it will come up more than once from different places. Uh, that kind of helps me learn, like, uh, you know... I don't know, something will, somebody will say something in, a, in an email and then someone will say something to me directly and then I might hear something or I might hear a song or uh, there's a lot of different ways that seem to connect those things. So I, mostly it's kind of um, listening and, and then thinking to yourself, okay, well, I, I think that was God and then sort of walking it out and, and you know, if it, if it proves itself out to be, oh, yeah, that comes kind of the right thing, then you sort of remember how, how that kind of happened. And you just build on it. But, you know, um, yielding the Holy Spirit really is something we're learning our whole life. Um, the, the biggest part is connecting with the reality that he's in us and he is leading us and he is communicating with us and us learning to um, move in response. And so, yeah, how do we know? Sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes it's, you know, we get our own ideas and we wish they were God's and we kind of try and act that. But those don't usually play out very well. Discernment's a skill, and it just takes time to learn and 
building relationship with God. Yeah. So. It's a, and it's, yeah. a, it's a gift and a skill. And yeah. because it's a gift, some people are better at it well, than yeah, others. But it is also something that all of us, like it's, it needs to be developed. Like Singing. Yes. Singing is something that can be both a gift and a skill. Right. There are people, you know, you see prodigious singers who are like 9 and 10 singing, you know, uh, what was that guy's name? Antonio Bocelli? Am I saying that right? Uh, I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah, so, or, you know, other tunes like that. And, um, but it's also something that can be learned. I didn't really start singing until I was 20, and I had to take lots of vocal lessons in order to do it. So I think it's just different for everybody, the discernment. And uh, some people will just naturally be a little better at it than others. Yeah, but everybody can continue to get better at it. Practice. Be listening. Open yourself up to hear. Listen, respond, and just sort of get it that way. Great question. That was an excellent question. All right, next one. How do we respond to people that smear Old Testament in our face? That's a great, great way to say it. Just smear. smear. <laughs> Old Testament in our faces. And quote verses and stories out of context. Uh, this person knows that they can say it's Old Testament and Jesus and the New Testament change things, but they want to hear your answer. Okay, so this is a, another great question. These are all really good questions. I had, a, I had a, a group of great questions. Some of them came in kind of early or late last night, early this morning. So I had to go, whoops, and kind of think about some of them this morning. Um, this, here's the thing. This is what I've been talking about lately. It's about knowing the story from beginning to end. And once you know the story from beginning to end, and that it's a, it definitely ties together. You know, the Bible's not just a bunch of sayings. It's not just a bunch of random things kind of tossed out there. That's what a lot of people think. It's a story. And, and, and so you take the story, and you understand now from the beginning of creation that God's heart was to dwell with us. And uh, that's what he wanted to do, partner with us to make a difference on the planet, to make all of the planet the way the Garden of Eden was. That's, that's what he wanted to do with us. That's, how, that's what he was going to do. And we said no to that. And we chose to go our own way, and the fallout happened, and the fall came, and we, the enemy, you know, got, uh, got that authority, and we were a mess. And then Jesus came, and he did what needed to happen to grab that authority back from the enemy. And then uh, now he's got it, and he sends us out again. And, and so and we know that a time is coming that Jesus will come back, and heaven will come to earth, new heaven, new earth. Uh, you know, everything happens here. And, and you have the bigger picture of the story. Well, if you don't know the whole story, then what you do is you take things out of context. And a lot of people would do that. And, and that's what you're saying here. What do you do with people that take things out of context? Uh, you know, first off, A, we, we don't have to be overly defensive, so don't. And then try and sort of, uh, where you can, some people are just going to be like that, and you just kind of let it they go. They have but pre-programmed attacks towards, right. you know, Christians. But so. if, they, if, they, if it feels like it's a genuine question, then what you do is you need to be able to plug back into the story. And say, well, that's all. There's a bigger story going on here, and this is what's happening behind the story. And this is the, these are the themes. And when you see this, then the point that you're bringing up... Is you know you you can you can sort of it fits into the story this way, um, but without knowing the bigger story, then all those things become very difficult. One of the biggest problems we have. I'm gonna be careful how I say this, but I've been thinking about this a lot because it's a. And I'm gonna deal with this in the next series when I figure out how to say it in a in a kinder way. So, so I've been teaching the story. My hope, the next thing my hope is that is that I can convince people, believers the importance of actually reading the Bible. And I mean reading the Bible, whole book, this, this, this book. 
And here's, here's the, the amazing thing is that I'm going to say most believers, and, and I, I would be, uh, I think the percentage, if people were honest, would be shockingly high, haven't ever read it. They've read parts of it, they've read bits and pieces, but they've never sat down and read this book. This, and, and my hope is that the story, once they get the story, they'll, they'll be a little more excited about digging into the book. But most people have no idea. Now, to read this book takes about 80 hours. That's, that's, most people don't even know that, but that's how long it would take if you were to read this book, about 80 hours. So, if you, if you devoted an hour and a half a week, you'd read it every year. Uh, so, you know, break that down by days, and you're talking about, you know, 20 minutes a day? I haven't done all the math. Um, but most people don't do that. And, and here's what it ends up being like. It's like, um, you know how they do all those shows now where a bunch of people come and talk about a show after it's done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, reaction videos kind of deal. Yep. It would be like that that's all you watched, that you didn't actually watch the show, but you always watch people talking about the show, and you got a few clips. And I think that's what it's like. I think people have a few clips, and they listen to people talking about the clips, but they've never actually checked in and read the show. They haven't done it. And, and everything changes when that happens. And so um, I, I think, and then we're often trying to defend or answer people's questions about a book that, that most people haven't read. They've only got clips, and you can't do it. And so, so uh, that's kind of where we're heading next. Now that we have the story, is now let's dig into the meat of the scripture and, and really read through it. So I'm going to be encouraging people, believers, to actually commit to the 80 hours that it takes to read the scripture. So that they've read it. You know, I, I want to be able to, I, uh, what, a, what a testimony would be, but it'll say that everybody, has everybody read through the scripture, the entire thing, and that everybody could say yes without having to lie about it. And, uh, and, and I, I think that that's just a shocking number of people have never actually read through it. So I want to figure out how to encourage them to do that. But, but that's the whole thing. So a lot of it is if, um, people come up with stuff. A, they don't know the story. And B, we're not very... We don't know the story well enough, a lot of people, to be able to lovingly answer their questions. And, and so we have to get a hold of it. But great question. Yeah, awesome answer. Thank you. All right, next one. Peter once got in the way of Jesus' work here on earth, resulting in Jesus saying, Get away from me, Satan. How can we discern if God is telling us sometimes to get out of the way? So another yeah. discernment question. Yeah, and that was a good question because I said I was going to do a seminar called Get Out of the Way. <laughs> In my sermon last week, I kind of I was joking about it. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to start a new seminar called "Get Out of the Way," and everybody comes. I'm going to look at them and say, "That that's actually going to be the title of yeah. our new podcast." Get out of the way. Yeah, just get out of the way. Get out. Go of away. Yeah. So, <laughs> how do we? You know, sometimes we do. Why? Because we want what we want. That's that's reality. Peter was um, wanting what he. Remember their paradigm. They they were so sure. That Jesus was going to take over politically. That's what they thought Messiah was going to do. They knew. They knew that Jesus was Messiah. Therefore, he was going to kick Rome out and reestablish Israel. And Peter knew that was because he knew Jesus was Messiah. In fact, that would be what he had just said. I know you're the Messiah. And remember, Jesus says, that wasn't revealed to you by, by man. That was God. Yeah, that's so absolutely he, he had right. a really good point. And so then, later so then story, the next step was, since you're the Messiah... You're going to take everything over. And Jesus was saying, no, I've got to go to the cross. And that's where things got in the way because he was so convinced that he knew what Messiah was going to do, that he couldn't hear Messiah tell him, no, this is what's going to happen. 
that's that's how we get in the way a lot of times. We we just convinced that we know without actually checking in to find out what he wants. And so we have to be careful that we're that's why we're yielding the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about. It's a process we, we continually move into. We're we're continually looking. We we check our own how we want to do things. I mean, I can honestly tell you that um, I, I, I did not want a COVID thing. Um, I don't think anybody really did. I'm, well, I, I can say that, but I mean, <laughs> what, what? even as a church, we had this amazing momentum. We had all these people ah, coming all the time. There was these things going on. and all Historic sudden, numbers. For boom, us. COVID. And everything stopped. And, and yet, now, I said from the beginning, I sensed that God could use it, because he always does, and I, I sense very strongly that he is, that out of this is coming something, will come something very amazing. But still, it's not what I want. See, it's, it's what he wants. And, and now it's just saying, okay, God, whatever you want. And not fighting, trying to hang on to what I wanted, and yet constantly yielding to what he wants. So, and you have a similar story right after Irma. Yeah. You know, um, you didn't really want to turn the church into Vine Mart. No. You know, and I think your story was you're, you're praying with God and you're sort of struggling with him. And he's just like, open the doors and get out of the way. That's exactly how it And, was. you know, we saw God move in amazing ways. Yeah. And that, you know, going back to the hurricanes always given me confidence through this pandemic that it's going to work out. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's, it's a big deal going through two traumatic life events as a young person. But, <laughs> you know, God's still good and uh, he's always good. Right? Yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're still seeing him move, and he's doing awesome things here. And we still have some mo, some momentum. <laughs> no doubt. It's just not the way yeah, I want yeah, it. Yeah, it's you know. Different. Yeah, it's different. It's and that's good. good. Yeah. Hey, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if not for COVID-19. No, we would not. Yeah. So we'd be doing something else. Yeah, all the other stuff we used to do. <laughs> all right. So anyway, great question. Thank you for that one. Uh, next question. You talked about how Paul forgets his past and moves forward. How do we do the same? Yeah. You get blinded on the road to Damascus, and you get a name change. <laughs> Boom. Uh. <laughs> well, for like three days. You, you know, he, what he says there is forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, right? In the passage, that's what we talked about. Because, and you need to think of it that way, because if I tell you to forget, it's, it's almost impossible for us to forget things. Um, in fact, the harder we try and forget something, the more we remember it. That's kind of the way our brains are wired. So I, what Paul is getting at there is I'm going to quit doing things the way I used to do them. And I, I want to start doing them the way he wants me to do them or, or his way. I want to take the old self off and put the new self on. And so um, I think what we start doing is looking at situations and, and realizing we're responding to them the same way every time, and it's not how we want to respond, and checking that, and then asking God to help us respond in a different way. So I, I don't think it's as much forgetting. Uh, it's, it's changing. It's, it's saying, I, I want to stop doing it that way and start doing it this way. Now, uh, you know, we also need to um, realize we're, we're no longer those people and let some of that stuff go. Uh, and, and not give it the place to determine who we are now or how we're going to do things from now on. So there's that. But, uh, but forgetting is, is in and of itself, you know, very hard to forget. However, we can say, oh, I just don't want to do things that way anymore. I think that's what Paul's saying. I want to do things this way. But great question. Awesome. All right. Next one. 
this is a this has a number to it. What are five old labels you've had to own in the past, and their Christ-like replacements? Yeah, great. Uh, and uh, <laughs> how do you label your past self? Well, and I, I think the question is, you know, the the messes that we were, the brokenness that yeah. we were. I was thinking about, it. you know, one of the big ones is. I did this a couple of weeks ago. Now we're the righteousness of God, and the opposite of that was sinner. So sinner was who I was. It was the identity you know, that the enemy gave me um, um, because of sin. Um, but righteousness is the identity that God gives me in Christ. Not that I am certainly not continuing to go in a bad direction from time to time, but it's not who I am anymore. So there's a big change in that. Uh, I think, you know, um, prior to knowing Jesus, I was more prone to falsehood and embellishment. Uh, and hopefully I am far less prone to that now. And, That's a good and, uh, way to put liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, was, I was just... Yeah, it is, but that's, that's, that's the reality. And, I, I, you know, deceptiveness, I would say, you know, my hope would be now to be a person of integrity who does what they say. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some of those old labels. Uh, you know, uh, how about selfish and unselfish? You know, and, and yet certainly perfect, not perfectly arrived at that. But I think prior to knowing Jesus, I was extremely selfish. Um, and, uh, and there's that. And an old label would be broken, you know, and, and now whole. But again, all those things are, so all these things are in process. There are works in progress. Uh, and so, but it's a great question and a great way to think of, you know, what we used to be and what we are now. But I like the question. Awesome. Very good. All right. Next one. Should we view the symbolic imagery in Revelation 4 as John's attempt to explain the heavenly things that he was seeing through his human limitations? Or that the Holy Spirit wanted this worship scene revealed to us this way? Or is it both? Yes. <laughs> good. Next question. <laughs> No, that's that's our series on Revelation. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that uh, um, you know, Revelation. There's so much going on in Revelation, and so many people think they have Revelation figured out that don't have it figured out. And uh, not that any of us have it perfectly figured out. And there's so many different things going on there, and so many symbols happening. You know, and you have to look to Scripture to determine. I think though the worship scenes, the way I brought them up. And, I, and I'm glad you asked me the question. It means you were listening. Because I, I just, it was, this was all part of an, it wasn't even part of the sermon. I just kind of extraed this in the beginning. Because this past weekend, I kept finding myself extremely caught up in worship. Uh, and it's not that I'm not generally, but I kept having these moments where it, it felt like I was actually in the throne room. I, I mean, like, I could have been there. I, you know, and, and um the things that are going on there. Now, because I've read the scripture, I, I, I can use my holy imagination. I think it's legitimate to try and imagine what that's like. And I don't, uh, you know, I think when, when people get a hold of worship, what worship really is, you would run to it. There, you know, it's like you, you, you couldn't, when there's worship going on, I want to be here. I come to church four times on the weekend. Now, I have to do that, but I love to be involved in worship. And I, I, I love those things happening. I like the everything that's going on and putting over, you know, everything else because I have this sense that while we're in heaven, worship is going to be fascinating. And, and you're, you're going to, you know, and whether it's ongoing or they say, hey, okay, whatever, you know, worship, and you just kind of flock there. You're going to want to be involved around what's happening. You're, you're going to be so caught up in what's going on that, that you couldn't avoid it. Uh, 
And, and I, I think sometimes now we just sort of forget that Jesus is with us. And, and so we don't engage. And um, that we're supposed to engage, you know, as worshipers. What, and, I, it, you know, it doesn't matter to me sit, stand, any of those things. My whole thing is, are people engaged? If you're just kind of sitting there waiting for the music to be over, you're, you're missing something significant. Jesus is here. We're to tell him we love him. We're to, we're to just hang out with him. We're to, we're to get caught up in the moment. We're to realize heaven and earth overlap, that we're making connections, that worship is going on around the throne, and that we're, we're engaging in that when we worship. And so, yeah, I think all of those things we see in Revelation 4, 5, 19, just what's going on around the throne. And, you know, I was, it's, it's loud. It's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming at times. You know, there's, and there, the, all these things are going on with the elders and the saints and the living creatures and ho- the holy, holy, holies and the, the, everything shaking. And because it, it's, it's this, you know, loud and, and reverb and stuff, that's worship. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I want to encourage people to get ready for that. I mean, you'll step right into it in heaven, but but I don't want you to be surprised by it. And uh, it's going to be like, woo. So I like worship. I like I like being with worshipers. Great question. Awesome. All right, next one. Got a few more to do. I'm reading through Second Chronicles, or this person is, and many times when they are talking about the kings of Judah, they also refer to them as the king of Israel. And it's kind of confusing. Uh, for an example, see Second Chronicles 21.2, referring to Jehoshaphat, who ruled in Judah. Why is this? At this point, the kingdoms have been divided. Yes, uh, and good, great. I love that you're reading the scripture. Good. Um, Second Chronicles sort of famously substitutes Judah and Israel. Um, so it is confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is confusing. So there's, there's kind of two ways to look at it. There's, there's a... There's sort of a specific sense and a general sense. And, and so, you know, you got Judah and Benjamin, which is the southern tribes, and there's a king over them, uh, generally referred to as the king of Judah. And then there's the other trend tribes, which and he became the king of Israel. But they're, so they're still all, in effect, Israel and, and the nation, you know, nationally. That combined, they are still, even though they're divided, they're still there. And, and so it is okay... Uh, in the biblical language, to refer to them that way, but you're right, it's very confusing. So, I, you know, I always suggest when you're reading through the Kings and the Chronicles, is to have a chart of the Kings, uh, and so you can tell them apart, because a lot of them have very similar names, and, uh, you know, a lot of the, I think all of the Kings of Israel were evil, and um, some of the, the Kings, of, kings Judah. of Judah were, and some weren't. So, um, it's kind of good to know that, but great pickup, and yes, it is confusing, um, but but it's it's kind of a just it's a it's just the way they're sort of going with the the you know the bigger specific and general idea of Israel and who Israel is. Awesome. Thank you for that question. Next one. In your opinion, how do we most tend to get in God's way? Can you share a practical way we can be in sync with the Holy Spirit? Great. Yes, I think the biggest way we get in God's way is by being in a hurry. Hmm. Um, now, I say that because I, I, that's, that's been my, one of my struggles, is being in a hurry. Like, I think I got something that I'm supposed to do, and I just want to go and get it done. That's how I sort of attack things. And I've had to realize over time that even though it might be the thing to do, I need to, I need to not be in a hurry, and I need to wait for God's timing, which he will also give me. And if I wait for his timing, 
then things change um, quite differently than if I just try and force it in. Even if I feel like, hey, this is God and we're going in this direction, um, it really becomes a timing issue. And I, I think because I don't think Jesus was ever in a hurry. And, and I say that because I've, I've read the scripture and I don't see him in a hurry. Um, in places where I would be in a hurry. It's just never in a hurry. I think that he's on that purpose so that we understand if it feels like it's in a hurry, it's probably getting out of timing. And so, um, so for me, I think that's a big way we get out of step. We get, we get in a hurry, and, and sometimes then even good things get messed up. So I think it's most important to be in tune, listening, and also waiting for timing. Um, you know, you don't want to wait so long that you miss it altogether, but there's that act of kind of, you know, feeling it out, learning, and then moving in. But I think uh, any time that I've been in a hurry, I, I get way out of sync. And um, that, that his in sync with the Holy Spirit isn't that frenetic, for the most part, feeling of, of ooh, you know, it's just peace, just kind of half things are happening, and you're sort of in the flow, if that's a way to put it. You're just kind of, you know what I'm talking about? You kind of yeah. are going in a flow, and it's a good flow, you know what I mean? And then things are happening, and you're not trying to force them to happen. They're just kind of happening, and you're walking into them. Awesome. All right, next one. I think we've got uh, four or five more. In your sermon this week, or last week, I should say, you stated that we should be willing to be challenged on how you think about things. Can you share the last time your thinking had to be challenged and how you overcame it? Yes. Um, so let's see. How, how vulnerable do I want to be? I had an answer, but, but that goes back a while. How about most recently? Um, in, in, uh, in, the, in the way this COVID situation is um, playing out and the way it impacts me personally. And... Uh, things that I get frustrated with, like, uh, you know, honestly, I get frustrated with the masks. So that's, I, I don't want to upset anybody. I get it. And let me tell you how I press through it is this. Um, so I had, so, and, and I tell you, you've got to be listening for what God does. So it wasn't any mistake over the last couple of weeks. I listened to another teaching by Putty Putman, and he talked about dependence Independence and interdependence. Great discussion. And he talked about, first about, you know, with kids, so you could understand how kids are completely dependent, and then they become independent, and so they go from wanting all of you to wanting nothing to do with you as a parent, which is ridiculously crazy. And then slowly getting to the point where they realize you're, you're not as, you know, stupid as they thought, and, and there's a reconnection that happens. All right. Well, then he, he said, okay, well, it's like, kind of like that in the church a lot of times, is that when people first come into the kingdom, they kind of need the church because they, they don't know how to feed themselves yet. They don't have to do a lot of things. And then they start to learn some of those things because you teach them to do that over time. And they get independent, and all of a sudden they don't think the church is, you know, can't feed them anything. They're just feeding them themselves. And they get very independent. And then, again, hopefully they realize, oh, no, I really need the church, and the church needs me. This is how this whole thing works. Okay. Great analogy. So in my own life, uh, I realize that God's created me to be interdependent. And so with the mask thing. Uh, and I see I can go into all of the different things, and I've read about them, and are they working or whatever. But here's what it come da- comes down to. Uh, my independent thinking is... Uh, you know, but my interdependent thinking is for some people, 
um, they're very concerned and, and they have lots of reasons and perhaps they're very vulnerable and all those other things. And for their sake, it's correct for me to wear a mask when I'm around them. And so I've quit fussing over it and just said it's the correct thing to do. Um, now, you, you may or may not agree with that, and that's okay. I, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying something, and then you press through it, and you, it's okay. But um, it was an area that I have felt challenged on, and uh, just because I think I'm, I get a little overly frustrated, but, you know, it's, it's okay to be challenged and go, okay, I want to do, in my life, I, I want to be in a place where I can relate to the maximum number of people without coming down real hard on things that are really opinion and then alienating a whole group of people who think differently. And I don't think that's where God wants me because there's this interdependence that needs to happen in the body of Christ. And so we don't want to divide over opinion. That's obviously very crucial in this season yes. of our lives, especially in the months to come here. So, yes. so. Uh, we're, we're all on the same team. Yes, absolutely. If we can have that mindset, it just makes everything easier. Yeah, and so, so we're going to continue to do what we can do to make everybody feel as comfortable as possible. Awesome. Great answer to that. And, uh, you know, thank you for that question. A few more. Uh, Mike, this person's question this week has to do with Paul's encouraging us to change our way of thinking. How do you think the worldviews we are taught apply to this? How can we help future generations lay a foundation so that they don't have to unlearn in order to learn? Thinking along the lines of an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of a cure. Yeah, so our worldview is how we see the world. It's the lenses we look through. So it's like glasses. Like if you, when I'm looking through this, things look differently to me because this is now the lens that I'm looking through. So all of us have a worldview. Your worldview is developed over uh, uh, the course of your life. And it's generally, you know, it's, it's how you think about things. It's what's been so, you know, like as um, for us as Americans, we have a one particular way of looking things. Other people in the world look at things much differently than we do. And uh, I remember when I started going out in the mission field, how how shocked I was at how people saw things so differently from us and how they viewed us, too. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you mean? What? We're Americans. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and so... There's this, there's a realization that there's a bigger story going on and uh, that we have to be aware of. So I think that the best thing that you can do uh, is when it comes to, to how you view things or worldview is to get a, the most biblical worldview that you can get, which comes from his story and starting to relate to it that way instead of having your worldview completely enveloped by your story. So you're part of a bigger story. I say that all the time. So, so that's the dynamic. And, and so how do we do that? I think we try and teach our kids that right away that they're part of something much bigger and, and begin to teach them Scripture and begin for them to see how it fits and that there's a bigger story going on. Great. All right, a few more to go. You ready? Hmm? All right, next one says, Ephesians 4.23 is a verse that grabbed my attention. The passage translation says, Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. What are these revelations given to us, and how do they help us to be made new? Yeah, and it's the passion translation. What did I say? You said passage. Passage? Yeah, but passion? It's, it's passion. It's a great okay. translation. It's, well, yeah. it's fairly new. Is there a, well, there, there's, you know, they're all passages. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah but anyway, I apologize. I understand, but I, I just, just... I thinking. read at a sixth grade level. I'm, I'm very sorry. I don't actually do that. 
I have one little typo. It's not as bad as some of the mistakes you I made. just was making sure no. so people know. It it's wasn't passion. to criticize you. Yeah. Passion translation. It's the passion translation. It wasn't a just saying. It's <laughs> passion. Okay. So um, every revelation has been given to you. So again, we get back to scriptures. All these questions are pointing in this direction. This is all God's revealed world word to you. You need to know it. And, and it changes you. It changes the way you think. And, and if you think differently than the book, you need to ask yourself why. Because we have a lot of things that go contrary to the book in our world that we need to really challenge. So those are areas that we need to be challenging all the time. And, and again, it's thinking. So we have an old way of thinking about things. And, and, and God wants us to step into his way of thinking about things, which is yielding the Holy Spirit and spending time in the scripture. Great question. Awesome. Next one is, I have another question from Ezekiel 24, uh, verses 15 through 27. Sorry for the microphone noise there. It's getting adjusted. These ear ones are like something else. Microphones are just uncomfortable, other than the ones on the stands where they're not touching you. Anyway, uh, God was always instructing some of the prophets to act out what was going to happen to Israel. But this passage seems extremely hard on Ezekiel. God says, I'm going to kill your wife that you love, and you are not to mourn. This is one reason people say the God of the Old Testament seems different than the God of the New Testament. Uh, please help them understand this passage. Yeah, and again, I think it's people say that because they don't know the whole story. And, and so that's why God feels different to them in, when they're reading through the Old Testament. But they're, they're not connecting with what's happened is that we've told God we don't want to do it his way. He's pursuing us over and over and over again. The enemy has authority. He's, he's breaking everything and wreaking havoc, him and his, him and his minions. Uh, and people are living in, uh, as, in completely evil ways, which breaks the heart of God. And, and even the people that connect with him just barely connect with him. And, and so when Ezekiel's writing, you know, he's writing in exile. And uh, they've been taken away. And the temple's about to be destroyed and and it's it's heartbreaking and and yet it's happening because the people have chosen to go their own way so yeah is was the life of a prophet difficult sure it was because what's happening here is Ezekiel's wife's going to die uh, people the Lord's going to kill her she's going to die God knows about it you know how much of it onus do you want to put on God whatever but what's the reasoning behind it and and then Ezekiel's told he can't mourn about it publicly he's going to mourn privately but not publicly because it's a picture of what's about to happen to the temple being destroyed. And, and they're not going to be able to mourn the people of God even when they get it. Because it's so overreaching. And what happens and what it means to them as a people and as a nation and their sons and to their daughters. And it's this huge deal that's going on. But it's also going to come. What it's going to do is um, it, it shows Ezekiel's prophecies happen. And so he says a lot of things. The people now are going to understand that what he was saying was what God wanted them to hear. And hopefully it's going to make some difference in their lives. But, again, you know, big picture, big story, get a hold of all of it. And, and then, you know, you can you begin to see what's happening instead of, oh, you know, God's a big meanie. And why look at how um, God loves his people, wants his people to be in relationship with them. All of us have chosen to go our own way. Every single one of us. And um, there, there are unfortunate consequences from living in a fallen world on a broken planet. Because we have a very real enemy uh, who steals, kills, and destroys. And until uh, Jesus comes back, 
that will be the case that we're in. But don't ever miss the fact that God is doing everything that he can for you because he loves you and wants you to choose to be in relationship with him. And he's done everything that needed to happen at the cross where he came and took it on personally. All the evil that's ever happened, he took it. He, it was all sort of marshaled into one point in time in history. And he took it all and he took it down and dealt with it so that everyone who believes in him can have life. Good question. That was an amazing question. Great answer there. All right, last question for our Vine Press segment. I believe that learning to see ourselves as Papa God sees us goes a long way in helping us renew our mindset regarding everything else. Uh, They've been trying to gather and stockpile names that God has declared over us. Can you point this person to some scriptures with some good ones, please? And they had a smiley face emoticon that was equal sign D. Yeah, how about this? 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. This is just a little one, but it'll get you going. But you are a chosen people. So there's that. That's a, that's a new name for you. A royal priesthood. There you go. There's another one. A holy nation. I like that. A people belonging to God. That's a good one. Uh, that you uh, may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You've been called out of darkness into light. You're not a child of the light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now you've received the mercy of God. I think that's a great little starter list of uh, of who we are and what it means to be new. And, and that, that that's really cool, who we used to be. I love that Peter says that. Well, you were like this, but now you're like this. You once weren't this, but now you are this in Christ. So that's who you were. This is who you are. And um, you're the people of God. You've been chosen. You're called by God. Those are um, all very, very cool things. That's a great scripture to start at. Cool. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for your questions for the Vine Press show. Again, if you do have any questions you'd like to add to next week's sermon, you can log on to vinepress.com or hellovineyard.com or keysvineyard.com, and you'll see the Vine Press link there. You can submit your questions, and we'll get them answered on the show as best as we can. So that's the Vine Press part of the show. Coming up this week for our little behind-the-scenes segment, uh, the next sermon is an Unshakable Foundation, part 15 of your series coming up. Now, how many weeks in Unshakable Foundation do we have left? Because you said you were about to start a new sermon here, sir. 15 and 16. So 16 is the grand finale. 16, yes. Okay. So this, so is... this week I'm going to talk about the new life in Christ, and then next week I'm going to talk prayer about prayer as the language of this new life. And how it fits into the story. And then we're going to launch into, i got a whole new thing I'm very excited about, by the way. Because I'm, I'm always excited about the scripture. So this week, I wanted, we're going to talk about this new life and hope. The hope that we have. We're going to point again to the promise in Revelation 21. And how that's got to be our hope. And when that's our hope, the renewal of all things. The realization that nothing is lost because he's renewing all things. Um, that changes everything. And, and we often put our hopes in other things, and they disappoint us. And we're going to talk about how we live this new life when our hope's in the right place. Praise be, First Peter 1, verse 3. To the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoiler fade, kept in heaven for you. Now people, sometimes people have read that and thought, well, that means, well, you know, heaven is the end point. Uh-uh. It's just where he's keeping it until what happens at the end? Heaven comes where? No, <laughs> your inheritance is all where it's safe. Very cool. Coming down to meet us here. Uh, 
who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of this, this salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. So in the last one, when that all happens, so not only is, is your inheritance, everything, he's got everything safe for you, he's shielding you too until all that happens. He's shielding you in the Lord. So very exciting stuff and why we're supposed to have hope. And I will, I will dig into that a little deeper this week. How about on, uh, on the worship front? What's the set for this week? What's going yeah. on? So I'm excited. Uh, we have some songs that are just classics. And, you know, it's always great bringing back some classics. I'll do that. We'll have a set of, like, super new songs, and then, you know, I'll bring them back from different decades. So uh, we're actually doing the, the classic song, Everlasting God. Remember that one? You are the everlasting God. Yep. So we'll do that one this weekend. Uh, another good song. Uh, McKay is going to be with us this weekend. She's doing My Chains Are Gone. And she's a Vine Press student. Asks questions yeah. very regularly. Uh, and then uh, Pastor Jerry, who's joining us on Keys, is going to be leading Beautiful. That's another song that's been over a decade. It's been written now. And then uh, we're ending the set. Kimmy's going to do one of our favorites, Cherry Blossoms. I love that song, yes. So uh, that, that's a great one. We get some cool southern rock vibes going there. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not too old of a song, Cherry that, Blossoms. Well, that came out new. four years ago or so, and that is a vineyard worship song. So yeah. uh, pretty cool. That's the set. Um, our team is up in one of South Bay's Align Unite conference sets, either Tuesday night or Wednesday night. They didn't tell me which night we would be on. So... Um, yeah, this is. It started around 7:30 Wednesday night. If we're not on, it's because we were on Tuesday. We actually record this podcast Tuesday mornings, so I have a feeling we're on Tuesday night. And uh, you will be able to go back and watch that set oh, if you good. want as yeah, part yeah. of it. It'll be so, uh, everything is recorded, but definitely check that out. It's not live only. You can go back on YouTube and check the different segments. And uh, they they have some good speakers, uh, friends of ours. They have uh, Pastor Dave Spiker from South Bay. He taught. Monday night, and uh, Clem Ferris has actually ministered to our staff too, Dr. Ferris there. So, uh, cool conference, great set. It was great to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, we recorded a weekend set and sent it up there. So, you know, that's conferences nowadays. We'll get to be a part of more conferences and stuff <laughs> without having to travel the whole band. That's it's kind of right. nice. Yeah. That's so, yeah, good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And, um,. Any other cool stuff going on? You know, we still got the movie later this month. We're doing Trolls World Tour. I'm excited 23rd, about that. On yeah. the 23rd. We're doing the Fall Fest drive-through giveaway, candy giveaway. That's October 30th. Correct. Uh, my family celebrates that time of year. On the 31st, we actually put up the Christmas decorations. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to personally. We won't put them up here at church until uh, probably after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Would be that we usually set it up the night before Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving because we do a big night of, night of Thanksgiving, but we're not doing that this year. Going to so. be different, and yeah. uh, you know maybe we'll figure out something else we can do that's not as crammed, pack and no food kind of deal. Yeah, and we're going to do a giveaway again. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. The pumpkin bread pudding. We're going to do like the weekend before Thanksgiving, so everybody all the mixings to make a dessert. I'm already working with Chef Matt on that, okay. so it'll be a Hello Vineyard meal. Cool. And uh, yeah, so that's what's coming up. And uh, that was our Hello Vineyard segment of the show. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this podcast. We really appreciate the support. Uh, the show is sponsored by the Keys Vineyard Community Church. Check us out on the weekend, Saturday night, Sunday mornings, 8, 9, 30, 11. You can catch us on Facebook, YouTube, Roku, Apple TV. Look for our channels. We're all over the place. You can also watch us on the website as well. Uh, we're also sponsored by the Jesus Moment Bible Institute. 
Uh, a lot of the questions came from Bible Institute students, and you can be a part of that too. You can log on to onlinebibleinstitute.org, sign up for classes to get your associates or bachelors completely free to you. So that's a great opportunity 1187 there. students. That's amazing. All around the world too. Also, if you haven't yet, download the Keys Vineyard app on your preferred app store, and that would be super-duper cool of you to do. And, yeah, that's the show. So now we're going to say goodbye, Goodbye, Vineyard, Vineyard 2.0. And we'll see you this weekend. Bye. Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.